Have you ever wondered what happens when we die? You know, where, where do we go immediately after we die? It's not something we like to think about, but it's a question that I imagine that uh, most of us have had at some point. Also, it's one of the uh, more difficult questions to talk about for a couple of reasons. Uh, number one, none of us have experienced it. And when we do, we'll not be able to relate that information back to those who are alive. And second, there are, we're talking about the spiritual realm. And when you speak of the spiritual realm and spiritual things, it's hard to describe because we're trying to fit a spiritual um, element into a physical picture. So there are some difficulties and there are many things that we just don't know about the topic. But we're going to try to speak where the Bible speaks on this matter. So let's look and see what uh, the Bible teaches on this. Let's look first at Luke chapter 16, starting in verse 19 and going through 31. The rich man and Lazarus. I'm not going to read all that, but I believe this text gives us one of the best pictures of what happens when we die. So let's notice a few points from there. Verse 22, we see that the rich man and Lazarus had something uh, that the other uh, didn't have. The rich man had a burial, which we don't see Lazarus getting. But we see Lazarus is being carried uh, by angels after he died. And we don't see that happening to the rich man. Lazarus goes to Abraham's bosom and the rich man goes to torment in Hades. We also see that they can see one another, but no one can pass between the two because there's a great gulf that's fixed between them. On one side, we see the, the rich man who's uh, in great torture. Four times this place, place is described as being torment, three times by the rich man himself. The rich man describes this place as being in flames, and he just desires that his tongue be cooled from the flame. Meanwhile, Lazarus is at peace in Abraham's bosom, it's important to know that the rich man does not want his brothers to come there where he is. You know, sometimes we hear people say, well, if, if I'm going there, at least I'm going to be with my friends. You know, well, we noticed that the rich man did not want anyone that he knew to be there with him because that place was torturous. So both of these men were in Hades, but they were in a different state, described by different terms. There was a great gulf that we saw a while ago, so you couldn't go from one place to the other. The place in Hades where Lazarus was is called Abraham's bosom, a place of comfort. The place in Hades where the rich man was is called Tartarus, a place of torment. That's in, you can read about that in 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 4. The rich man was not in the place of eternal punishment because the word used to describe that place is Gehenna, the final abode of the unrighteous and workers of iniquity. Now we go to Acts chapter 2, verse 27, and Luke 23, 43, where it talks about Hades and paradise. Let's turn to Acts, 20, uh, Acts 2, verse 25 through 28. In particular, let's notice verse 27, which reads, For you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You know, David said these words in Psalm 16, and Peter applies them here to Jesus. Where does Peter say that Jesus went when he died? Did he go to hell? Did he go to heaven? 
No, he went to Hades. And Jesus in Luke chapter 23, verse 43, speaking to the one, one of the criminals on the cross, says, And Jesus said to him, Assuredly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. It's interesting that Jesus did speak of this ability to see one another after death, as we see in the picture given the, with the rich man and Lazarus. In Luke 13, verse 28, it says, There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets in the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. And so that part of, of the torment, we see that you're missing out on being with all those who are in the kingdom from times past, like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and the prophets. And that's exactly what the rich man saw while in torment. And another point we see that, that we will be with the Lord when we die. We see that uh, where Paul says in, in 2 Corinthians 5, verses 6 through 8, it says, So we all are always confident knowing that while we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. And so for those who walk by faith, when we're absent from the body, that is when we die, we're present with the Lord. And again, we're talking about a spiritual realm and so it it's possible for us to be with the Lord in paradise as it is for the Lord to be with us in heaven. Matthew 25, verse 31 through 46, talks about judgment day. <coughs> Excuse me. You know, we see it <coughs> at the designated time. Jesus is going to return in all his glory with all his angels and all are going to be gathered to him. So now everyone will go before the throne for judgment. And we see that that it's grand gathering. There will be a moment and we'll be divided by those who are obedient to the king and those who are not obedient to the king. Then the sentence is going to be given out. The king will either say, Come you blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you for the foundation, from the foundation of the world. Or he will say, Depart from me, you cursed, into the everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. Here's a question that I've wondered about, and, and maybe you have too. What's the point of Judgment Day? What's the point of Judgment Day if we already know where we're going? Since we see that there's no crossing between the two places, as seen with the rich man and Lazarus, then what's the purpose of Judgment Day? It seems that the proceedings Maybe they're similar in what we have in our judicial system. You know, when you have a trial and someone is convicted of murder and the jury comes back and they find him guilty, is that the end of the trial? It's not. It, just because you're found guilty, now the jury deliberates on, on what the sentence will be. Days later, you're sentenced and you find out what the final decision is. Maybe the idea is similar. You know, we really don't know for sure. We'll, we'll already know where we're going, but Judgment Day is going to be the day when we get our sentence from the Lord. 2 Corinthians 5.10 reads, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that each one may receive the things done in the body according to what he has done, whether good or bad. And so it appears that we will be sentenced 
into our final resting place. I believe Revelation chapter 20, verses 10 through 15, captures this whole scene that we have just put together. Here we see that the devil is cast into the lake of fire where they're tormented day and night. And we see that the end of the world and everyone standing before the throne and the books are opened and we're judged according to our works and death and Hades gave up those who were there and they are also judged, each according to his works. Notice that death and Hades are now destroyed, being cast into the lake of fire. And anyone not written into the book of life is cast into that lake of fire, showing us that the lake of fire is hell, the everlasting punishment. Here's a question. Are there varying degrees of punishment in hell? Have you ever thought of that, of varying degrees of punishment? I'm going to give you some verses and see what you think about this and let you make your own decision. Let's look at uh, Luke chapter 12, verses 47 through 48 and Matthew chapter 11, verses 20 through 24. There are, are few places in scripture that seem to point to the idea that there are very varying degrees of punishment in hell. Read what Jesus said to the cities in Matthew, uh, these cities here in Matthew chapter 11, verses 20 through 24, it said, then he began to rebuke the cities in which most of his mighty works had been done because they did not repent. Woe to you, Chorazin. Woe to you, Bethsaida. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Tyre and Sidon, they would have repented long ago in sackcloth and ashes. But I say to you, it will be more tolerable for Tyre and Sidon in the day of judgment than for you. And you, Capernaum, who were exalted to heaven will be brought down to Hades. For if the mighty works which were done in you had been done in Sodom, it would have remained until this day. But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable for the land of Sodom on the day of judgment than for you. Here Jesus says that the day of judgment will be worse for some cities than others because of the lack of repentance in spite of the works that Jesus did in those cities. Another passage is Luke 12, 47 through 48. It says, And that servant who knew his master's will and did not prepare himself or do according to his will shall be beaten with many stripes. But he who did not know yet committed things deserving of stripes shall be beaten with few. For everyone, who is, uh, for everyone to whom much is given, from him much will be required and to whom much has been committed of him, they will ask more. Here we see that those who knew the master's will but did not prepare will be beaten with many stripes, but those who did not know, they'll be beaten with fewer stripes. We see that there is no excuse for ignorance, and all those who are disobedient will be punished, but there may be varying degrees of punishment that occur in hell. I don't know. I'm not sure. But the scriptures sure seem to point to that to me. Uh, Paul said in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 8, that the Lord with his angels will return in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that, I believe, is the biblical picture revealed to us about these spiritual places. Again, it's hard to put a physical picture 
uh, on a spiritual place, but these are the ideas that we see that are revealed to us in, in scriptures.